0: Welcome to Canada's Podcast. Hello, I'm Mario Toniguzzi, Managing Editor of Canada's Podcast. Joining me today on Calgary's Podcast is James Soika, who is founder of Yard Dogs Lawn Care. Thanks for joining us today, uh, James. Thanks so much for having me on, Mario. I'm really looking forward to speaking with you. All right, let's talk about yard dogs and uh, and uh, uh, tell me how, uh, uh, well, first of all, uh, what do you do this and what you do?
1: Well, absolutely. So we are, are a residential company here in Calgary that focuses on residential lawns, doing fertilizer and weed control services. So we help homeowners achieve green, healthy, and weed-free lawn. We've going into our decade of business. So that's uh, very exciting. It's been 10 very fun and very exciting years. And um, we operate this upcoming year for 2024. We'll have 17 trucks on the road and taking care of all of Calgary and area. So tell me how you started this. Well, it was after the first year of university. I went to the Haskins School of Business here and finished my course. I saw my tuition bill and said, crap, I got to do something about this sort of thing there. too. (laughs) I got invited to this meeting. It was a lawn care meeting where they um, would give you a machine called an aerator. That's the machine that yep. plugs those holes in the ground and leaves the cores there. And I remember they'd give you the machine and you'd go door to door with it and you'd make a 30% commission on the jobs that you would do. And I remember thinking, huh, if I'm doing all the sales and marketing and I'm doing all of the work, I kind of would like a hundred percent commission. The only thing stopping me from doing that is buying this machine, which was worth about $3,000 at the time. Oh, wow. I didn't have $3,000, but I had my buddy named Liam, who I'd known since kindergarten. I gave him a call and I said, man, let's buy this machine. There's a thing called an aerator. I don't know exactly what it does, but I know people will pay about 50 bucks a house and we'll go door to door. It'll be an overnight success and we'll have a great time. And he said, yeah, man, I'm in. So we uh, borrowed money from our siblings. We bought this machine and uh, we went door to door and we were so bad. We were so bad at sales. And um how to like learn how to sell things like we were studying every second word uh we had never really used the machine before but we were very honest about that and we were willing to be really bad at the start mario to get a little bit better yeah and people really loved that we brought a lot of professionalism to the lawn care industry we showed up when we said we were going to we charged them what we thought that we were going to we weren't swearing every third word we were dressed professionally (laughs) and people really liked that they started to offer uh, ask us do you do this kind of a service do you do power raking do you do mowing and when somebody's offering money when you just first start off you say yes i do and then they'll say so the first time that happened someone asked do you do power raking i'm like yes and he asked how much i'm like 130 What can oh. you do it tomorrow at 10 a.m sounds good to see you then and then i'd go home on youtube what is power raking uh-huh. <laughs> oh it's this machine that rakes the lawn very fast oh but like they're thousand dollars. But there's one on Kijiji for two thousand dollars in Medicine Hat. Let's let's call him. But it's eleven o'clock at night. Just call him anyways. We, we met this guy in Bosano. We picked up the machine, brought it back to mom and dad's lawn at like one or two a.m. Did a trial run. Was at the guy's house the next day uh, to do that job there. So that's how we started. But it got a little bit out of hand. We were doing. We were saying yes to way too many services at the start. Um, but th- what was good about that is we started to learn about what we're good at, what we're not good at, what's profitable, what's not profitable, and what has the most demand. And we decided after about four years to really go all in on a niche for us, which was fertilizer and weed control aeration services. So like I said, making lawns green, healthy, and weed free. And then five years from there, we've been going all in on those services. And like I said, we now have 17 trucks on the road for the 2024 season. And we'll be taking care of uh, close to 6,000 lawns or 6,000 homes this upcoming year.
0: How many employees do you have?
1: There'll be 24 of us. Wow. There'll be 24 of us for this spring. So, 17 of those people will be technicians in the field. Then there's their service managers and operations manager. And then in the office, there's myself and Liam, as well as a couple of customer service representatives and a couple of sales reps as well. And are you solely in Calgary? We're just in Calgary, but we do the areas as well. So, Airdrie, Chestermere, Okotoks, Cochrane. Okay, super.
0: Um, you know, actually, just backtrack for a second. What were you taking at university?
1: I was taking business there and okay. uh, Liam did engineering at U of S.
0: Yeah. Did you, did you go through it uh, uh, with the business degree and all that?
1: I did finish it the four years there. I got to say though, like you learn so much more doing it. So like yeah. doing yard dogs, that was my MBA. That was my master's program. Um, doing school was great. I wouldn't say it was needed though. It was doing business. It was the best way to learn business.
0: Join our thriving community of like-minded individuals who share a passion for success and innovation. Canada's podcast.com. Subscribe now. Yeah, you know, it's funny you mentioned that because I have always said that uh uh to people about myself in my career, right? And uh as a as a journalist. So, you know, I went for four years to university at Carleton, and uh, but man, that first uh First few months, even uh, when I went to uh, my first job was in Nelson, B.C., I learned more <laughs> in those first few months than, than I did in four years of university. Right. It's amazing. Absolutely.
1: Nothing Absolutely.
0: Like, nothing le- like learning it up on, on the streets. Right. So to speak, there's
1: not there's nothing like it. It just uh, it's all so real. It's the real world. And um, gosh, like we made so many mistakes, but we learned every single time and we just committed to getting a little bit better every day. And that served us so well.
0: Yeah. How important, you know, uh, as from a business standpoint, uh, you mentioned, uh, you know, finding the niche. Uh, how important is that uh, to, to have a niche, to have, a, a, a I guess, a clear focus as opposed to having doing this, that, that and everything and maybe not doing
1: uh, each one well, but just doing them right. You know what I mean? So like I say, whenever someone starts business, they ever ask me, like, what should I do? I do believe at the very start, it's okay to be a little bit broad because you don't know what you're good at. You don't even know what's out there and you don't even know what's profitable quite yet. So at the start, it's okay to be a little bit open about what you do, but it is crucial, Mario to niche in on something, because you need to learn how to become the best. The world doesn't need another jack of all trades. It needs another person that's a master of their craft so that you can start to build a brand and you can start to be a company that people, whenever they think of, they see a dandelion, they're thinking of yard dogs. They're not thinking of all the other options out there. And the best companies, think of McDonald's. They're not selling ribs. They're not selling apple slices and things like that. They're selling cheeseburger, fries, and milkshakes, and they focused on just those things and they built a model just focusing on there. So if a company is going to make it big, they're going to really start to niche in on things. And then once they get quite large from there, it's okay to start to add a service base or a service offerings because they have such a large clientele. That's yeah. why Telus now offers home security. They, it was just oh, yeah. Wi-Fi or cellular, then it was Wi-Fi, And then home security, now there's healthcare. They can do that because they have Hundreds of thousands of clients, but they didn't do that from off and off to start. They just focused on cellular Wi-Fi for such a long time and built an empire doing so. So, building your own little empire. Uh, <laughs> I, do you uh, do you find
0: now that uh, like basically you're, you're just running the business? Like, are you out doing
1: the grunt work at all anymore? So I I was blessed by God, Mario, with the with uh, allergies. Oh. I am super allergic to grass so oh. i only lasted in the field for maybe five months and after doing that i'm like i totally like listen I want to do this, but I can't. I'm up every night coughing and sneezing along Yeah, Yeah, lungs. Yeah, yeah. I'd love to focus on the business things and let's keep this going there. So no, I haven't. Um, uh, I, I go in the field a couple of times a year just to make sure I'm, I'm, everything's staying relevant and I can learn so many things from there and just yeah. uh, see how things are on and in the field there. But no, I right now I'm really focusing on the business. I'm trying to grow uh, Canada's largest lawn care company. So that's through Yard Dogs. And then I have the YouTube channel, The Dirt Life, which really focuses on teaching teaching other people how to run a lawn care company. Oh, cool. and my aspiration with that is one, I enjoy doing it in the off season. It's a great way to, um, it's a great way to spend some time in the winter when of course it's minus 30 Celsius right. outside, but I would love to actually build a network of and elevate our industry to focus on maybe acquiring some other companies in different cities as, as ours, as we grow. But also I really enjoy talking my favorite part about this industry are the people. There are such hard workers in what I call the dirt life, you know, the landscape industry. I love networking. I love meeting people like that. And we're trying to build Canada's largest lawn care company. So the sky's the limit there. And I think we're just getting started.
0: So tell me, uh, you know, uh, in this journey uh, of being an entrepreneur, what do you think your biggest challenge was?
1: That's a great question. And the biggest challenge is sometimes I think the whole entrepreneurial journey is a roller coaster that people will describe it that way. And it's sometimes you're doing things. And the hardest part is wondering, is this actually worthwhile? Am I wasting my time doing this right now? Now, What's great about being an entrepreneur is that everything you do is building a business that you own. Therefore, the upside is so large. But there are so many times where that voice in the back of your head is you're doubting what you're doing. Does this even matter? Is this relevant? Should I have just gotten a job? Is this going to work? Is, um, and- well, it gets really tricky, Mario, is that the longer people wait to get into business, the larger that voice gets. So when someone asks me, I'm thinking about starting a business, what's the number one piece of advice you can give me? Well, one piece of advice is hard, but I always say start as early as you possibly can. Because nice. over time, you have more to lose. We were 19 when we started. So we had nothing to lose. If it didn't work out, whatever. But like, yeah. once you start to have, you get married, you have children. I, I have three great kids right now. My I've been married for five years and it would be. It'd be a different conversation if you told me to start a business today. You said, James, you need to start a business today. I would ha- I'd be a lot more scared because I need to, my wife and I, she stays at home and she takes care of our children. That's the, um, the life that we really want to keep thriving in. But yeah. it'd be scary. So starting early is important because when you're doing things, you have your delts and you do make a ton of mistakes. We've been in business for 10 years, but I say the first five years was just another university degree. We were making a ton of mistakes, learning as we're going, committed to being great but to be good, you have to be bad, and then you become fair, and then you become okay, and then you can really start to excel at something. So, you got to get going.
0: Discover the latest trends, strategies, and success stories in the ever-evolving world of business. Canada'sPodcast.com. Subscribe now. And starting early, too, uh, you're, you're more willing to take risks, right?
1: Absolutely,
0: as you just said. Now you've got you know you got family and all that stuff, a house and whatever, whatever, right? Uh, like you know, taking risk. Uh, you know. Exactly,
1: and, and never take never take a risk that it could put you bankrupt. But take take a, a risk that scares you, because it's important. If it doesn't scare you, the question is, is is there is it really a risk? Then there has to be a little bit of a potential for it to go bad if it's going to have a return on it. So you got to be mindful. You got to really know how to weigh pros and cons, and ask yourself if this doesn't work out, will I be okay? And if the answer is yes, do it. Like do it, oh. and no matter what, Mario, as long as you learn and you don't give up, yeah. you can't lose. Yeah. You only lose when you quit, but if you keep going and you make mistakes along the way, but you don't give up, even if it went bad, you've learned something and you've actually gotten more ahead.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So, um, you know, uh, before you got onto this path, uh, what did you think you were going to end up doing as for your, for your life and your career? <laughs>
1: Yeah, I, I was really looking going. I was really looking to going into the um the financial planning industry. Oh yeah. um, my mom's done that for a while, and I I really like doing that. I like I liked the idea of um growing wealth not only for myself but doing it for others and building a career from there. That's during university. That's what I thought I was going to doing going to do. But both my parents were entrepreneurs at the end of the day, and yeah. I remember thinking no matter what I was going to do is going to be entrepreneurial. I, um, that was in my house uh, most families, it's normal to get a job in my house. I thought it was normal to start a business. I didn't even really think of another way there too. And I didn't know what I would do, but I knew for sure that I was going to start a business. And I, I knew for sure I would not give up. I would keep doing whatever it took to make something work. It doesn't matter what it was. It's not necessarily lawn care that I'm passionate about, but I'm passionate about the entrepreneurial journey. Yeah.
0: What do you think uh speaking of your past what do you think you learned from them
1: my parents oh gosh well i'll talk about each one of them individually if there's one thing i've learned from my dad it is never never give up i remember um my dad he worked uh there's a period in life where he was working at the office there's a period of life when he was working at home and i remember when i'd wake up in the morning my dad was on the phone making calls and in the evening he was making calls and on the phone and in meetings and stuff and i remember my dad had some uh, businesses that were success my dad had some businesses that didn't work out and i remember he never gave up and i remember i learned my work ethic for sure came from my dad and what i learned from my mom for sure was definitely the people side of things how to be very empathetic with people how to definitely um, build connection a relationship and how to focus on people and attack problems not people when uh, adversity does come your way i think that combination of work ethic and ways to work with people. Because as an entrepreneur, I don't believe you're meant to just be building yourself a job. And so many of us sometimes build ourselves a job and they're doing it all yourselves. I believe an entrepreneur solves a problem By finding people to solve the problem, building a team. I am not the best lawn care technician. I am not the best customer service rep. Accounting is not my strong all these things. But as an entrepreneur, I'm looking for people to be on my team to do that. I'm looking for people that are better than me. And I don't want to be the hero. I want to find people and make them the hero of yard dogs.
0: Yeah, exactly. Now, uh, in the the journey of uh, being an entrepreneur, um, were there any, you know, uh, I guess, examples or role models or mentors that you saw out there not necessarily on a personal level but people you see out there uh, in the business world
1: absolutely so mario here's a huge business hack if you're in any industry doesn't matter the industry one of the best things to do because this is one of the best things that we did was to one, find a mentor and two, find a peer group. So let me talk about each one of those individually. For mentorship, what we did is that I would go on YouTube all the time. I'd go on LinkedIn and I'd find people that have done what I'm trying to do. I'm looking for people that have built lawn care empires and I found several of them and I would cold call them and I'd say, hi there. uh, My name is James and uh, we've never met before. I'm actually in Canada, running A lawn care company too. I've been watching your videos on YouTube and I'm inspired by what you're doing. I would kill for an hour of your time or a morning of your time just to meet you and learn your story. And what's really cool about entrepreneurs, especially ones that have made it, they are so generous with their time that inevitably almost all of them said, yes, sure. It's, It's great. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't count the cost. I would buy a plane ticket and I'd fly to them. They're usually in the U S is what I found in our case, because if you're too close to somebody, if I'm talking to the owner of a law here in Calgary, they might not share all the secrets with me because I'm competing with them. But if they're in Ohio, if they're in Texas, if they're anywhere in the States, they can spill all the beans because they have nothing to lose and they just yeah. want to sort of pay it forward. So yeah. I'd go there, meet them. And I would, come very prepared. I'd have all my questions ready. And I'd ask every single question I can do. And that morning saved me decades of mistakes. And I would do that mentor after mentor. And some of them, I would actually engage in more formal mentor-mentee relationship where we'd do a call every two weeks for an hour and things like that. That fast-tracked the path so quickly. Uh, So that in the next five years, we can add 70 bucks to our fleet. The second thing I mentioned was peer groups. So peer groups is sort of like mentorship, but more as a collective. I'm finding um, four to five other people that are in a similar business to mine. It doesn't have to be the same industry, but the closer it can be to your industry, the better, because it can be more relevant. And we all meet twice a year. In fact, uh, in two days from now, I'm going to fly to Florida because I've been with my peer group that I'm in. And we meet twice a year. And we're just sit down, we're going to say all of our wins and losses of the year, then we're going to spill all the secrets that have worked for us. And because we're not in each other's competing areas, we have nothing to do but gain from these kind of conversations and we elevate each other's games. And you are that average of the five people you hang around. Those people, they all have larger businesses than I do. So I take away so much from those conversations and I give as much as I can to them as well.
0: Canada's podcast is your gateway to success in the world of entrepreneurship. Start listening today canadaspodcast.com. Subscribe now. Excellent. Right Now, James, obviously you're, you're quite busy with, uh, with the business and you're also quite busy with family, like the three young kids. Uh, what do you do like personally to, to relax and, and
1: maybe just chill out? <laughs> well, exercise is very important for me. I, um, um, I, uh, try to go to the gym. I don't know Four times a week, I, I enjoy playing golf in the spring and summer when I have time. Uh, because I have young kids in a business, the only time that works is going at the crack of dawn. So those six a.m. tee times, I definitely hit up <laughs> by myself a lot of the time. Um, because golf is a fantastic game. But you know what? Um, I'm also a, a man of faith. I really find a lot of um graces, and my anxiety is relieved by the fact that I believe in God and I believe that uh, we are building a kingdom on earth. So like putting my faith in God, like that saying that people say often is very true. Where I I pray like everything depends on God, but I work like everything depends on me. That's very important. That takes away so much anxiety for me because I just know that at the end of the day, everything we're doing right now on earth, it doesn't really matter as long as we have our um, our counting straight with the boss upstairs. I think that's important. But spending time with my wife and kids, I try to be home as much as I can. And I think I do have a pretty relaxed schedule. Like, yes, there's a time to work, but... Like, for example, we don't do snow removal. It's the wintertime right now, and I'm spending as much time as I can with my kids because I know sometimes in the spring and summer, I don't get to spend as much time with them. But being home, being present, I think is so important with them. So just being with my wife and kids, I find it extremely relaxing too.
0: Okay. Hey, it's just something uh, that crossed my mind uh, considering when when we're taping this show where we're minus 30 outside and there's snow, et cetera. Uh, You know, a lot of those lawn care businesses have... uh, the winter business, right? Yes. Uh, they do that. Uh, you've never done that. You didn't, don't want to do that.
1: I, I did do it actually. So when we um, okay. the first few years, we were doing a ton of commercial snow removal. But it is a completely different business, Mario, and you have to think of it this way. I mentioned before, you have to go in all on a niche. The riches are in the niches is a good saying, but you need to focus all on one thing. So we just focus on lawn care in those spring, summer, fall months. And in the winter, we're taking time to relax, be with our family and plan next season. Because you need it. To, you don't want to burn out. You have to be very careful. The burnout's a very real thing. Yeah. Now, we used to do snow removal, um, and we always promised ourselves, we'll do snow removal for as long as we can and until can, we can afford not to. And one of my mentors taught me, like, snow removal is a distraction for your business. And it was so weird. I'm like, but, but Jim, like, snow removal brought over $300,000 a year to our business. And revenue, like... What do you mean it's distraction? He's like, I bet you if you give up snow and you focus on just making your lawn care services more profitable and how to acquire more clients and stuff, you'll make more than double that in your first year. You focus on that and that happened. So it was a distraction. So th- now we can focus on making next year better for lawn care. Let's upgrade our routes. Let's make sure that we have a truck in a community for longer. We have more route density. Let's get let's upgrade the fertilizer program. Let's research the best weed control. Let's increase our safety practices. Let's focus on getting our marketing costs down. All those things are things that have to happen. And it's the, the, by the time spring comes around, it's too late to make those decisions. Yeah. So those things have to happen now. And like I said before, Now's a great time to spend a lot of time with your family and make sure that, you know, the wh- reason why you're working so hard building business is probably for them. It'd be a shame if you never saw your family. Yeah, that's true. Well, thanks very much, uh, James, for joining us today. Oh, it was my pleasure. I can't believe it's already been as long as it has. It felt like it's been three minutes. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Wonderful. Okay, that was James Soika, who is founder of Yard Dogs Long Care in Calgary. Uh, I'm Mario Taneguzi, Managing Editor of Canada's Podcast. Thanks for joining us today.